How others perceive me is not my problem, just as how others perceive you is not your problem. I've embraced my authenticity and since then have realized that being true to who I am is far more important than trying to fit into someone else's expectations of who I am because it is so exhausting trying to manage how other people perceive you when you actually have nothing to do with that and that is their own journey to go on. Hey, my name is Nicole and I am obsessed with interior design, business, personal development and building a home and life you love. I'm a small town country girl who has turned challenges into opportunities in both my personal and professional lives and now I sit here overcoming imposter syndrome every single day and doing the inner work in the pursuit of building a life I love waking up to and helping others do the same along the way. Whether you come here for interior design tips, real and raw chats about life and doing the inner work, or you just need some advice as you start and run your own business or side hustle, you are in the right place, my friend. Welcome to the Business of Being You podcast. I am so happy you're here. This audio has been split into two parts, so please enjoy part one with part two coming next Thursday. Lesson number one, you are not too anything. You are not too skinny, you are not too fat, you are not too loud, and you are not too quiet. You are perfect exactly how you are. Gosh, I can relate to this one on such a personal level. Like, I remember growing up, I was often told that I was too ADHD, or I was too much, or I was too outspoken, I was too loud, and I felt like I didn't fit into the mold that society expected. And this also made it really hard to be myself. When everyone's telling you to just be yourself, I was like, I'm trying to be myself and you're telling me I'm too much. But here's the beautiful twist. What I once perceived as flaws turned out to be my greatest strengths. That boundless energy and enthusiasm I had as a child, the same qualities that some labeled as quote unquote too much, now fuel my work and my passion. In fact, being outspoken is quite literally my job today as I am hosting this podcast. So please remember that you are not to anything. Embrace your uniqueness because it is your superpower. Like nobody else can be you. Only you can be you. Do not let anyone else define your worth or place limitations on your potential. Celebrate your individuality and you will discover that it is the key to unlocking your true greatness. I feel like when we are out of alignment with ourselves and we are trying too hard to be something else, life just gives us resistance. But when we truly step into who we actually are, I feel like life just, it knows. Like it knows we are in alignment and the doors open and we meet the right people and life just becomes easier. Like I feel like we truly do meet less resistance when we are aligned and authentic. I also think when you are going against the grain in terms of like you are not living in alignment and you are trying so hard to be something you are not and whether that's because you think that that's the better option or you've been taught that that's the better option like I'm holding no judgment for that but I feel like we meet so much resistance and eventually we have to be honest with ourselves and the others around us and just truly be ourselves and accept that that might not be enough or okay or it might be too much for other people but just know that you as you are are not too anything you are enough exactly how you are and the right people will find you 
Number two, follow your instincts and inclinations. They often lead you in the right direction. You see, life has this incredible way of dropping hints, right? Like those moments when a brilliant idea pops into your head when you're in the shower or a gut feeling that tugs at you when you're about to make a decision. I call these moments divine downloads, those sparks of inspiration that seem to come out of nowhere. I remember when I was contemplating doing a podcast, actually before I even had the idea, I was listening to podcasts for hours and hours every week. And then I was in the shower and I was like, Why wouldn't I start a podcast? And for weeks, I tried to talk myself out of it. I was like, nobody will listen to me. And I still don't know if anyone's listening. It's only episode six, so no one might be listening yet. But I just feel like I tried to talk myself out of it. Like, no one will listen. It's a waste of your time. What are you going to learn? And I was actually listening to a podcast this morning all about experimenting more. And I feel like that really resonated. Like, This podcast is a complete experiment. Like, I do not know if anyone will listen. I don't know if I'll enjoy it, but at least I will learn something from it. But it also got to the point where I couldn't not do this podcast. Like, I kept hearing in my head, in my gut, like everything told me to start this podcast and do this podcast. And I'm just simply following my instinct and that inclination and I am just certain that it is going to lead me in the right direction. And even if I don't do this long term, I have learned so much about myself, about my business, about the direction I want to take like my life and my business in. Like it has taught me so much and if that's all I get out of this podcast, then great. Like I am all for it. The thing is, is that we all have these divine downloads or thoughts or ideas or gut instincts and they come to different people in different ways. I was also listening to a podcast about human design most recently and if you want to know what your like gut instinct is, you should definitely look up your human design chart. So I think it's like humandesign.com and it will tell you how you experience these, which is really, really helpful for if you're wondering if it's like a gut instinct or just something that you're trying to think up and justify in your head. But I think we all have these. But here's the thing. I think we tend to underestimate their significance. Like we seek validation and answers from external sources when more often than not, we actually already know what feels right deep within us. Like that intuitive hunch, that quiet voice nudging you in a particular direction, that is your internal compass guiding you. And I know it's easy to brush off these inklings as I was trying to do with starting this podcast. Like we want them to just kind of slip away or we second guess ourselves. But what if instead of second guessing ourselves, we actually just embrace them wholeheartedly? Like what if we chased those curiosities and followed those design downloads with unwavering determination? Those instincts, those whispers, they can be the keys that unlock doors that you even never even knew existed. Like they can lead you to your true calling, your passion and your purpose. I remember back when I had just finished my interior design qualification and I saw this ad on trade me for a job and I was like, I saved it to the watch list and thought, yeah, yeah, I'll apply for it. And then I saw that the applications had already closed like a week ago. And I sat on it for a week thinking, I should apply, I should apply. And every time I had that gut instinct to apply, my brain would be then be like, well, it expired a week ago. Like, what are you talking about? Anyway, I ended up applying for this job and I got it. And it was just selling bathroom products. But from that job, I then met a boss that would then 
well, I met this guy who would end up being my future boss, who then taught me all about kitchen design. At that place, I then went on to win an award and I studied further. I decided I'd learned enough and I went on to another job. That job taught me, actually, I know enough. I can start my own business. And now I am here running my own design business. And I feel like that small little gut instinct to go into that job or at least apply for that job selling bathroom stuff, that kind of led me all the way here. And I don't know if I would have got here without that. I might have. It might have just been a completely different path. But that was a gut instinct that I had tried to ignore for like a week and not ignoring it and just following it with unwavering determination was the best thing I could have done. So my advice to you with this one is simple. Trust yourself and listen to those divine downloads and chase those curiosities. You never know where you can end up. Number three, define what success looks like for you. Success is such a highly personal and ever-evolving concept. Like it is ever-changing. In a world that often measures success by numbers, whether it's a six-figure salary a year or six figures a month or any other metric that you use to define success, it is crucial to remember that your journey is uniquely yours. Your path may not mirror someone else's and that is perfectly okay. In fact, it shouldn't mirror someone else's necessarily. As I was saying before, like we are all experiencing life in such different ways and so there is no way that we can take what we think is someone else's successful life and just copy and paste it because the chances are that that's probably impossible. Now I'm not saying that if you look up to someone like I look up to someone personally and you know there are so many aspects that I love about her life and what I also define as a quote-unquote successful life but I know that my life is never going to be exactly the same as hers. My, I'm never going to have the you know the same children the same experience like the same husband like of course not like I'm not her and so I think it's really important to dissect what parts of a person's quote-unquote successful lifestyle is that we resonate with and try and like use that as our own guide for what we think success is or better yet what we know a successful life looks like for us and also how we want it to feel like I feel like I was hearing this quite a bit where people were chasing the money. So I had a friend that was chasing six figures. Like she just wanted to get to six figures. And when she got there, she said to me, like, it isn't what I thought it was. Like I have no time for myself. I am constantly stressed about my job. I don't think I want to do this anymore. And she wasn't necessarily chasing. And I know that we have all made the same mistake as like before, as well as I have, that we chase this like this figure, this monetary value or this thing that we think will make us happy when really we're probably just chasing that feeling of happiness, of content, of peace. And I feel like that is more what I'm defining as successful. I want to feel at ease. I want to feel safe. I want to feel happy. I want to feel fulfilled. I want to feel uplifted, inspired, creative, like to me, that is more successful than if I was to feel absolutely miserable and have kids or six, like six figures, you know, like what other people would necessarily clarify as successful. There was a period in my life where I had a particular friend and she was in a relationship at the time and I was single 
and I was on the brink of quitting my job and starting my own business. And I remember she said to me, I wonder which of all of us is going to settle down and have kids first. And I remember thinking at the time, like, well, it's certainly not going to be me, you know, like, that's not my goal. My goal is to, you know, quit and start a business and feel more fulfilled and be my own boss and own my own designs. And when I had kind of said this, she was like, well, but what do you mean? Like, are you not going to settle down and have kids? And that's when it hit me that like our versions of success were completely different, like completely opposite ends of the spectrum of quote unquote life. And I feel like if I hadn't defined what my version of success was, I might have just tried to follow what her version of success was, which was to get engaged and get married and have kids really young. And I knew deep down that if I had kids or I was engaged and I'd owned this home, I don't think I would have ever quit my job and started this business because I think it would have been too hard. Like I would have said, you know, told myself that you've got kids now, be responsible. You've got a house now, be responsible. And I knew in the moment of being single, not owning a home, not having kids, not having a partner, like all of that, I knew that that was my prime opportunity to quit my job, throw it all in, start a business and go balls to the wall with this thing. And I just think that my version of success isn't what hers is and vice versa. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's just that I had to realize that my goals and what success meant to me was so different, which inevitably made me quote unquote unsuccessful in her eyes. But once I let go of those expectations, I was so, so much happier and I was able to set really clear goals that aligned with my vision and aligned with what I felt like success was to me. I also think if I had stayed friends with this person and been really affected by their version of success, I would have constantly been chasing first. Like when she said to me, who will be the first to have kids? I was like, oh my gosh, it's a competition. Like, you know, in that moment, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's a competition. Someone's telling me to be first, like who's first. But when I actually sat with it for a little while longer, I realized that like life isn't a game of first. You don't have to be first to anything. Like you don't win anything by being first to do something. I mean, sure you did when you were a kid and you won a race and you got first place, but like life isn't like that and so please don't think that you need to be the first to do something and you don't have to follow someone else's version of success like do not be swayed by society's yardsticks or milestones like let your heart and your aspirations guide you on your own unique path to success number four embrace diversity and inclusivity we all have a lot to learn from each other I think it is really easy to become trapped in our own perspectives, to see the world through this narrow lens that we've been so accustomed to. Like I've been there too, living in a bubble where my understanding was really, really limited. And when I took a step back and began to celebrate the diversity in different people and cultures and experiences, my world expanded. I realized that there is beauty and wisdom in every unique perspective. Even if I don't necessarily agree with that perspective, I can learn something from it. I can learn from that perspective of others and see what they might see and see things the way that they might see things, which expanded my mind so, so much. I also think it helped me a lot in business as I was able to understand others more. And I think that this allowed me to connect with people on a more deeper level. And I think it 
like really emphasized or at least allowed me to tap into the empathy within me a lot more and a lot easier, which I also believe has made me a better friend, a better sister, a daughter and a better partner, like all round. An example of this is I am a talker. Clearly, I've got this podcast. However, I know others in my life aren't necessarily talkers. And so when I'm experiencing turmoil or, you know, something's happened, I really want to talk about it. And when others don't do the same, when they're experiencing turmoil, at the start, I was like, well, why don't you want to talk about it? Like, what's wrong? You have to talk about it. But when I actually started to listen more and accept diversity and inclusivity and, you know, different perspectives, I started to really embrace the fact that I am not the same as my friends. And even though I really want to talk about things, they might not want to talk about things. And that is absolutely okay. Another example of this is it wasn't until I was on TikTok in like 2020, right? 2020 was the year of the lockdowns. And it wasn't until I was on TikTok that I realized that I exhibited and you know, used microaggressions, like micro racial aggressions. And it wasn't until TikTok and following a diverse array of people that I realized that I was being racist. I had no idea before that. Like, I just thought, you know, that there was just this standard, you're either racist or you're not, and there's a clear line. But I didn't realize all the things in between that, like, absolutely not. And so, like I say, it wasn't until I downloaded TikTok that I learned like all of these little microaggressions, among so many other things. I've learned so much from TikTok. I think that's why I love the app more than I love, you know, Instagram or Facebook. Not that I really use either of those. I mean, I have a business Instagram and I post and I shut it down. Like it doesn't do my mental health any favors. But TikTok, oh my gosh, I learned so much from TikTok. And when I started to learn what all these microaggressions were and like different points of view from cultures and people, I started to really reflect on how I had been acting and I, it changed my life, like it changed how I act forever. And now I'm at least aware of how I was acting. And I can catch myself now before I say something and be like, mm, that's not right, Nicole, or, you know, that's not really fair, whatever it may be. And I think that that is really, really beautiful. That is one of the things I love most about TikTok. I think embracing diversity, it doesn't just have this societal benefit. I think it's like this profound journey of personal growth. It challenges our preconceptions and enriches our lives and opens doors to new ideas and horizons. It is a reminder that we all have a lot to learn from each other. And when we are open to learning from each other, it can be so, so beautiful. Like we can learn so much. So I think that we should all make a conscious effort to break down the walls that limit our understanding and I think we should welcome diversity with open arms recognizing that it is a source of strength of unity and collective wisdom and in today's age of politics and everything else going on like we need to be united in my opinion number five and probably my hardest one is embrace change as a constant adaptability is a valuable skill there is one thing in life that I am certain of, and that is that change is the only constant. We often resist it, especially me, clinging to the familiar and the comfortable, fearing the unknown. But here's the truth. Change is an inevitable force, and it doesn't stop just because we resist it. When we white-knuckle and desperately hold on to the past or the status quo, we deny ourselves the opportunity to grow and evolve. 
change can be a catalyst for personal transformation and progress as well as like societal progress and transformation and then world progress and transformation but it all starts with us I remember when I was employed I was trying so hard to hold on and the universe just kept smashing me with opportunities that kept expanding my thinking and helping me see that there was a different way and then when I didn't take these opportunities she gently nudged me in the right direction and by gently I mean she just smashed me with some rocks some more and like just fully broke down any walls and barriers that I had that were stopping me from moving into my next journey next stage of life the thing is is I was like so tied to this identity of being employed and like the safety of being employed like I was the best employee I would turn up I would do the work super fast to the point where I got told to slow down like I was in it 100% I was the best and I was really proud that I was the best like I was really happy with that to the point that I was too scared to jump into the unknown of self-employment and entrepreneurship and be so bad at it I was so happy with being the best employee that I was too scared to change and be the worst entrepreneur or be bad at entrepreneurship but embracing change doesn't mean blindly accepting every shift that comes your way it means learning to adapt to find resilience in the face of uncertainty it means recognizing that change can be a valuable teacher offering new lessons and perspectives so instead of fearing change like I always used to and is it is something that I need to be mindful of daily I feel like I'm definitely better but I I do know that I still avoid change where I can but I think that we should actually invite it in and this is something that I will be learning alongside you and implementing alongside you I think we need to embrace it as a constant companion on our journey of life we should be adaptable and I think that when we're adaptable we'll find that change becomes this like powerful ally in our quest for personal growth and fulfillment at least that has been the experience for me anytime I have resisted change and it has happened anyway I look back and I'm like oh my god I'm so much happier I'm so glad that that happened even though at the time I was like white knuckling gripping onto the old old life and I'm like no I will never let go and when I am forced to let go and I look back I'm like ah huh, it's all good it's not so bad I didn't die I'm still here so yeah this is one I definitely still need to work on daily but I join I extend the offer for you to join me in working on this one in conclusion I think in life we are handed a series of lessons and I think they're each uniquely crafted to shape us into the individuals we are meant to become some are grand and others seem really insignificant but they all possess the power to leave their mark on our journey what truly defines us is not the presence of these lessons but rather how we choose to engage with them just think about it when I found myself in a challenging period healing from an abusive relationship and launching my own business I realized the significance of defining success on my terms my path diverged from my friends conventional expectations and I had to redefine success to align with my true desires that's a lesson for me that urges me and you to break free from societal molds and find our unique purpose and if I hadn't done that I don't think I would be here today echoing on from that my journey from a narrow perspective to this newfound appreciation for embracing diversity and expanding my horizons has showcased the transformative potential of 
understanding others. This lesson challenges us step by step to expand and go beyond our comfort zones and recognize the beauty in every unique perspective. Just like how managing how others perceive us can be so exhausting and honestly probably elevates us from that baseline of zero. My experience with authenticity and managing perceptions honestly I think just revealed the power of being unapologetically yourself to me and I think that it's just a lesson in self-acceptance and honestly the freedom that comes with self-acceptance like it's like nothing I've ever experienced and I am so unapologetically myself that nobody's opinions of me could like waver me or sway me because I know who I am to my core and there is no messing with that whatsoever. And these are just the 10 lessons that I think have had the most profound impact. Like I have learned hundreds of lessons. We all have. I had 40 something jotted down to start with and I had to cut it down to 10 and it was really, really hard. But I think even if the lesson is, you know, subtle or even if it's grand, like whatever scale the lesson is, I think these are the threads that weave our stories and make us who we are. Like, I also think how we engage with them defines the kind of people we become. Because if we have a lesson thrown at us and we just give up and we roll over and we're like, no, it's too hard. And by the way, I do not think that there's anything wrong with giving up. Sometimes it is the right thing to give up. But I think if we, well, for example, if I was to just give up on relationships and men after a failed well, it's not even a failure because I learned something, but after an abusive relationship, if I was just to give up after that, I wouldn't be with the person I'm with now and it is the most healthiest, loving relationship that I have ever known, like truly. And I am so incredibly grateful for that. And that's where I think learning from the lessons and integrating them is so much more important than just thinking, oh, I'm defeated, I'm I'm a failure, it's failed. Like even my wording just before saying a failed relationship, it's so subtle and ingrained in us to think that if something didn't work it was a failure and it's not and I've got to catch myself on that too and I invite you to do the same. So as life continues to unfold remember that every challenge, every success and every experience is a lesson waiting to be embraced and integrated and learnt from. It is not the size of the lesson that matters but more the depth of our understanding and our willingness to learn and grow from them that means the most. So thank you so much for listening to this more reflective style episode. I'm going to be doing more of the personal episodes on the podcast on Thursdays and doing more of like the business designy ones on the Tuesdays just to switch it up. So I think I'm going to go up to two episodes weekly and see how I like it. So if you enjoyed this more personal style podcast episode, let me know in the comments if you enjoyed it or feel free to flick me a message on social medias. But Regardless, thank you so much for listening and until next time, start integrating those lessons and yeah, just get more reflective, I think. I think there is so much value in it.